All right, good evening, and welcome back to A Lonely Man's Guide to Self-Discovery. My name's Gibson Carney, and this is my story to dealing with my depression and uh, how I am working through things. Um, today, as guests, I have some close family members that deal with stuff, and the point of this episode is to talk about how uh, you may have people in your own life that you're close to that you didn't even realize are dealing with stuff similar to your own situation. And uh, that is wicked crazy because in the last year, year and a half, when I've been dealing with my mental health stuff, uh, I found out that my brother-in-law... Uh, Chris Ward um, deals with some stuff uh, that I wasn't aware of, and it's funny because it's pretty similar to some of the stuff that I deal with. I also found out that uh, my other brother-in-law, um, and uh, I feel like a kindred spirit, Nick Mazza, he, he deals with some stuff. Uh, and my own personal brother, Lucas Darty, um, he deals with some stuff, and it's nice to know that I'm not the only one struggling that's in my close-knit circle of just family. Uh, so they're my guests. Uh, I'm going to let them introduce themselves uh, a little bit. They're going to let you know if they're diagnosed or if they're undiagnosed, um, what they're currently their go-to to deal with things is. And then uh, we're going to make this super conversational, and I've got a, a few things that I'd like to get around to. Um, but uh, I'm going to let them say their piece real quick, and then uh, we'll jump into the conversation. So uh, I wanted to start by letting Nick uh, start us out, seeing as he is, uh, he's, he's remote, and uh, the, other, the other three of us are together right now. So uh, Nick, go ahead, introduce yourself, uh, tell us if you're diagnosed or undiagnosed, what you may be diagnosed with, uh, and uh, what your preferred methods of like, Give me one or two preferred methods of like what you do to deal with uh, what you what you deal with. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. You're you're all good. Good, great. Well, hey, thanks for the introduction, and I'm really glad to be here. Um, to be honest, thank you for the invite, and thank you for referencing me as a kindred spirit. That's that's a privilege. Um, but yeah, my name is Nick Mazza, um, uh, Gibson's brother-in-law. Um, I've uh, been diagnosed a couple different things throughout my life, uh, but mainly anxiety and depression, um, and then also sleep disorder uh, as a result of that, and also some, as something that contributes to both those other two disorders. Um, as far as what I do to cope with it, I mean, I think that's been the journey, right? Trying to, trying to figure out how to navigate that in, in the healthiest way. I think for me it's a mixture of um, understanding what what medications are out there that can help you regulate the physical symptoms that you experience with anxiety and depression, and then, but the you know the critical piece has really been you know just the willingness to confront those parts of myself that are really dark and unhealthy uh, from a mental per a health perspective, um, and and just you know. What that what that what that looks like for me is really pushing into my spiritual side and pushing into faith, 
um, in believing that there's something more than the brain chemistry that that um, causes me to suffer um, and really just wrestle with that and, and talk about it pray about it meditate um, and then also understand that you know I'm not necessarily unique because of those challenges so conversations like this talking about it is, is a huge huge help and it is extremely cathartic um, so yeah that's that's my initial answer. I think I hopefully I covered everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, you absolutely uh, covered everything uh, I wanted you to, um, and I appreciate you being open and honest. Um, uh, I'm hoping that everybody's going to be as open and as honest as they can today, because um, that was one of the biggest feedbacks I got uh, from the first episode was just the fact that uh, people felt good about the fact that I was I was being raw and being open about my my own situations um, and I love that you were talking about meditation and I'd, I'd like to get into that a little bit more here in a minute. Um, I'm going to let Chris go ahead and, and, and take us away. Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Chris. I, uh, I am diagnosed uh, pretty severe depression and anxiety as well. Um, I, I am medicated so that, you know, of course helps to an extent um, or it helps to kind of regulate some of those uh those thoughts and, and stuff like that but um uh, mainly it is a, a focus on support groups as well as uh, just um, framing the way that i'm thinking about things as they you know as they come up in my mind um and would, would you say that you've learned how to frame things through i'm sorry i'm, I'm jumping in a little no, bit you're good. uh would you say that you've learned how to frame things through like talk therapy or just a lot of like trial and error? Um, a little bit of both. Um, definitely trial and error. Just I'm, I'm sure you know everyone has some experience with trial and error on, on something um, where it's it's kind of come up in, in like a friend group or, or you know people that that worry about you, but um, talk therapy. Uh, did help me to an extent as well as um, I'm Gibson's brother-in-law um, my his sister my wife uh, does a lot of research and likes looking into as, a, as almost a hobby um, different people that uh, kind of go through the same things and, and kind of secondhand me experiencing their thoughts and experiences or, or firsthand in some cases of, uh, you know, introspective and, and being able to empathize with their partners that don't necessarily have the same thought processes um, has helped me a lot in terms of kind of empathizing or putting myself in the headspace of a partner. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can I can uh, agree and attest that like talk therapy um, has been a, a huge help for me. Uh, I do want to point out that all everybody on the episode today are in vastly different stages of their life, um, and uh, so that's what makes this even more sweet um, is the fact that uh, I'm really getting my start into adulthood, uh, and. Uh, Graciously, uh, some of these older hats are uh, are, are being are being uh, awesome to be able to talk about their stuff and be able to talk about it with me, and it's it's been a 
a great help in the support system that you were talking about like knowing that there are other people who are dealing with with what i'm dealing with um speaking of old heads um the oldest one on the podcast today is uh is my brother uh and uh, i'm gonna go ahead and let him say his piece yeah uh my name is lucas uh i'm here um i have uh not clinically been diagnosed or seen anybody for depression anxiety or any of the above uh however i do know i face those things just based off of you know self-improvement and you know uh trying to uh understand why uh i do the things that i do uh what those come from the history the path behind those and how to kind of uh, correct that path along the way um you know uh, i'm gonna as as gibson mentioned you know everybody's in different stages of their lives and stuff like that uh, which makes this even more invigorating to talk about just because everybody uh, no matter you know what stage of life you're in can deal with it um uh and uh you know some of the things that i do to you know cope with my depression or anxiety um you know uh is you know i, I i'm a i'm a busybody i like to work on things i like to create things i like to fix things uh so i've always got a project uh, uh that i'm working on in order to keep my mind you know kind of at bay or whatnot or just to kind of keep my mind off of everything else going around uh, you know, talking to people about it, having a close-knit circle to talk to people about it that can relate to a lot of the different things. We not we might not see things in the same perspective, but uh, we can relate in a lot of different ways. Uh, so, you know, be that family or, you know, close friends or something like that that you can rely on and lean on to talk about your problems because uh, obviously holding things in and stuff like that doesn't do anybody any good. Um, so, I mean... Does that answer some of the questions that yeah, you Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you definitely covered uh, everything that I was I was looking for. Uh, you know, through this, uh, through all this, uh, I, I do uh, I do a lot of different similar things to keep myself busy. Those are called grounding techniques, um, from what I've been told through my talk therapist. Um, and uh, I think it's really cool that uh, for people that know each other and um we kind of all know each other well and then don't know each other well at the same time uh, i think that's a wonderful thing uh, i mean i know recently myself uh to stay busy i've been doing a lot of of writing and uh i've decided i'm gonna i'm gonna write one joke uh, a month about depression i know that's sad i'll wait for you guys to get it but yeah. I think I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's something that comes to mind just as everybody's sharing their story is just, you know, the big the big lie about, for me, about depression and anxiety is that you're alone and that, you know, what you're feeling is, is, is only you and, and others aren't suffering in the same way. And I think just as, as each of us tell our kind of our story and just the initial introduction, you know, what I hear is, is we all have the same struggles, you know, with, with you know, happiness, sadness, or anxiety, depression, whatever you want to call it. But I can just detect in everybody's, you know, when they talk about it, that we all have different, we have, we all have different tools and resources to cope with it and to navigate it. And, you know, for me, the biggest thing I've learned is, is, okay, what, what, are, what tools have I been armed with to navigate it? And, you know, Lucas, I think it's, it's, it's interesting listening to you, you know, and you talk about being able to go right to that thing that you do and having that healthy thing and and just realizing that like the, those 
that's not to be undervalued at all and it's no less valuable than medication or counseling or anything else and it's just interesting to me that we encounter those different resources at different points in our lives but the difference between you know where you struggle at what point in your life uh, is dramatically different based off of having awareness of that you know so i, I just think that's cool and just something i want to point out just because it's been such a big lesson you know? No, I totally agree with you, Nick. Uh, one of the things that you kind of brought up right there was uh, self-awareness. You know, I, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big book person too. I love to, you know, read books about being self-aware and understanding and everything like that. Uh, in regards to, and then kind of taking that and learning how to, I guess, um, not necessarily self-diagnose or anything like that, but learning what triggers those uh, kind of feelings or those kind of uh, anxiety kind of uh, uh, tactics or issues and, and trying to find things to help cope with those or whatnot, like coping mechanisms, if you will. But I mean, I'm a huge uh, book person in regards to self-awareness, you know, self-motivation um, and uh, things about, you know, self-improvement in general, because uh, we can all improve uh, in regards to anything in our life. And I mean, you know, taking that and taking the anxiety and the depression side of things and using that as kind of fuel in order to improve those uh, sides in our, you know, uh, everyday lives, I think is very important. So. Yeah. Um, well, you, you talk about using the, the depression and the anxiety as, as fuel um, to do things. And uh, I mean, with, with my diagnosis, um, I've realized that when I get in my low points, um, a lot of the time it is hard for me to propel myself to do things uh, because of lack of motivation uh, due to being depressed, but also just, um, for me, it's hard to propel myself when uh, I feel like uh, nobody else uh, enjoys my company or enjoys my presence uh, when I don't feel like I have a community um, which is something I've been seeking like most of my life is seeking like a community of people that I feel like uh, I fit in with and, and I and I, I tag into um, sometimes it's hard to motivate yourself uh, when you're in those uh, in those real low spots um, because you you do feel alone and Oh, goodness gracious. Because um, you do feel alone, and uh, I think it's interesting that you, you say you use it to motivate yourself, because uh, I think I use my anxiety in a lot of ways to motivate myself, uh, but I, I don't know uh, that I've ever been able to flip the script on the depression part of it and use it to motivate myself, uh, because a lot of the time I'm in such a low spot that uh, I just feel like there's, there's nothing I could do. That's something I do yeah. a lot, um, where it, it is almost like weaponizing that depression, um, and and really focusing on like, okay, why do I hate myself? Like, why am I feeling this way right now? It's like, okay, because I'm lonely. I, I feel like no one understands me. Um, I feel like you know everyone dislikes me, and then it, it's just kind of a a factor of logicing yourself out of it a lot of the time for for me at least um in terms of you know like well no i'm still surrounded by people um you know they, they laugh at my jokes they respond to me they reach out to me like they they do care for me 
um, and you know realizing that people like me for who I am for for what I do uh, in our friend group and then kind of going backwards from there step by step to, to address any of those kind of insecurities or um, fears or, or, or you know whatever uh, it, it helps me out a lot I, I mean that's again going back to the social kind of uh, the web uh, the security uh, group that, that helps kind of out um, as you go there but yeah. I don't know. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Nick? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, loving yourself is hard. That's something that, that you know, you, you don't prioritize most of your life. You think life is about sacrifice. Life is about putting others first. And then you realize how much that, that hurts you and hurts the person you want to be to people uh, when you don't stop and look and go, okay, who's taking care of Chris? Who's taking care of Nick? And am I, am I factoring myself into my health into what I'm trying to do for others? Um, and I, I, I've come to realize Chris, you know, and I think, I think you're kind of alluding to this with what you're saying is that like, I'm not the best version of myself to other people. If I'm not prioritizing myself at some point in the equation, um, and I've seen that have a clear, measurable effect on my life and, and, and the quality of who I am to others and my ability to provide for my family and, and be a good friend. So that's just been a huge lesson for me, and, and it's taken me most of my life to learn that. You know, I think the other thing that's super, super interesting is like, and I think it's, this is why, you know, Gibson, I think it's great you're having this conversation, you know, but because like to hear to the, hear Lucas talk about how his, his struggles with these, with these ideas of mental health motivate him. I mean, I'm the complete opposite. You know, if I'm not feeling if I'm not feeling good, I can't work. I can't be creative. I can't be a good friend. And so I just don't do anything. And just to know that, like someone else is on the other end of that spectrum is just fascinating to me because, um, you know, it, it just insightful because, you know, I would assume if we didn't talk about it, that everybody just feels the, the, the lack of motivation if they're feeling down where that may not be the case and, and it's curious to me as well that like okay what's the difference you know what what did lucas experience or what lesson did he latch onto? what's different about his chemistry you know from a physiological perspective that allows him to um navigate you know those feelings that way so i, I just think it's it's powerful there's a lot to consider but the most important thing is you know we're talking about it right and and trying to learn and, and see what we can glean from each other So in regards to uh, like what you're saying there in response to that, I mean, something, you know, that Chris kind of mentioned as well, too, was, you know, basically when you're getting in those uh, moments and this is the way that I look at it. It's not that I don't get, you know, in a depressed state of mind in regards to, you know, life in general and stuff like that. Uh, but I think that the way that I, you know, quote unquote, use it as motivation is, you know, like what Chris had mentioned, something about logically thinking yourself back out of that. Uh, you know, I, I use basically, um, you know, my family and my kids as, you know, my drive pretty much. Uh, so when I get in those states, you know, I know it's uh, realistically, it's not about me. Uh, that's just what my brain is telling me at the moment. Uh, you know, so I have to get past the noise pretty much. Uh, and, and I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense in my head, but in regards to, you know, using that as an anchor always in order to use that as motivation, that's kind of how I go about things. Because at the end of the day, like right now, it's like, you know, uh, I'm using that as motivation to better myself. So I always have to keep that in the forefront of my mind, even though I get in those states where I can 
you know, technically sit there just like, you know, most people are just like, you know, I sit there and I, you know, continue to beat myself up or, you know, get down on myself about things or something like that. But looking on the other perspective and finding that uh, anchor is what is most important to me. And that helps pull me out of that hole. I agree. Uh, that's that's something that I kind of go through in the same respect of um, it, it. It's a matter of realizing that you're in that headspace and then kind of... Uh, you know, doing whatever coping mechanism works for you. For, for me, uh, particularly, it's um, kind of a, a recognition a recognition of, of at that time I'm being selfish or like, what do I need right now? Like, what what is what am I lacking in my social life or in in my personal life or my relationship with my wife or whatever? that uh, I'm lacking at this particular moment that is causing me to spiral like this. Um, and a lot of times, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a term of uh, you know, talking to that other party about it or uh, expressing my feelings more in a, in a healthy way, I guess, uh, you know, not, not in kind of an angry um, or, or vitriolic, <laughs> I guess, way, uh, just to... Ex- express myself healthily um, to the other person if, if that is a thing to, to kind of let them know what I'm needing or alternatively if, re- if it's entirely myself uh, a recognition of what I'm lacking what I'm not doing for myself that that needs to be done whether that's you know uh, like space for myself or, or just time completely alone where I can you know just even play video games and decompress or read a book or something like that. Like it, it, it's just being honest with yourself in that case to, to me. Well, that goes back to what Nick had kind of mentioned as well too. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, being better, um, being better for yourself. You can't, you can't make anybody else happy if you can't do that for yourself. And, um, you know, like you said, breaking away and, you know, doing something on your own or, you know, finding that time and stuff like that. So many, so many times in life. And I know I'm guilty of it. It's just like you just get so busy with life, you forgot you forgot to take care of yourself first. And if you can't take care of yourself, how are you supposed to be better for anybody else? And I, I mean, I do that. I mean, I'm very guilty of that. Where it's just like I'm more worried about taking care of everything else, but I don't take care of myself a lot of times. And then I get into those states where it builds up so much to where it just breaks me down, and now I just you know I just gotta walk away. I need a break. I need this, and I get in that mindset, and that's where. You know, having having self help uh, to you know basically focus on yourself is uh, is a very important key part in in, in my daily journey. Um, you know, to kind of combating these things. Um. And, and Gibson, I don't want to I don't want to hijack, but I want to I want to ask a question just while it's on my mind, if that's okay. Um, just because Chris and, and and Lucas, you seem like you guys, you mentioned something. I think both of you that kind of stuck with me, and, and Gibson, I want to ask you if you're able to do this, but you, you guys mentioned that you're able to logic your, your way out of it. And, hey, uh, Nick, do me a favor. Fun. Will you eat into the mic a little bit? Uh, yeah. Can you hear me better now? Yeah. Okay. So what Lucas and, and Chris, uh, what you mentioned was, you know, being able to logic yourself out of the, <clears throat> the depressive or anxious thoughts sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
So, 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 you know, for me, it's been hard in instances where if the problem begins in my mind, it's hard to use my mind to navigate my way out of it. And I'm not sure if that makes sense, but I guess Gibson, have you ever experienced that where it's like, okay, my mind is the enemy. So how can I use my mind to like save me from this torture I'm putting myself through? Have you, you know what I mean with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, it's funny that you, you, you like, you mentioned that cause, cause like we were talking about, uh, like self care and like taking care of yourself. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of the time, um, I'm so far, I'm so far in that, uh, I didn't catch it in time or I'm, I'm just so far in that I can't necessarily logically think myself through it. Um, because the problem is in my own brain. Um, and a lot of that has to do with, um, just being able to find positives within myself about myself. Uh, I'm not great at that. Um, we were talking about like loving yourself and, uh, I think a huge part of loving yourself is like being proud of yourself for your own victories, whether they're big or they're small. Um, and being able to recognize that like, um, this was a victory for yourself and, um, this is something to build on. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I've had a lot of victories lately. Uh, and I don't really feel like they have helped me, uh, talk myself out of a lot of my bad situations. Um, uh, and I think a lot of that is just like, my brain is overactive. It's overthinking 24 seven. And, uh, I need, uh, a way to calm down. I I've, I've started finding supplemental ways to do that as in, um, uh, I feel like to some degree, um, I'm a fish out of water. Like when I, anytime I'm in, in contact with water, um, it's calming for me. It, it is, it gives me the opportunity to be able to think through things and, and back myself down, um, because it's calming for me. Um, uh, as well as, uh, if I'm so far down the rabbit hole that I really just need a break and a way to, uh, separate myself. That's when I'm, I'm using cannabis or, um, light doses of like lion's made mushrooms and stuff to help me look at things from a new perspective and open up new neural pathways. No, that's awesome. Sorry, I don't know if you're waiting on a response. Oh, yeah, I was waiting, I was waiting for you, my man. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to talk too much. No, that, that that's great. I got a lot to say about that, but I'm more curious about like, what your other questions are for this conversation. Yeah, um, well, it's funny because I want this to be like mad conversational and I want it to go where it's going to go uh, in a lot of ways. The, uh, the big thing for me, um, when I came into this was, uh, I think because we're doing this at Thanksgiving, um, I think it's really important that, uh, we understand, um, just like community and, uh, having people around. And I think that's why I chose you guys, uh, because I feel like in a, in a large way, like, um, you guys are not a, a community that I chose, um, but a community that I was uh, kind of thrust into, uh, you guys being family. Um, so my big thing is uh, right now, I don't feel like I have a community of people that I connect with on a regular daily basis. Um, I mean, like being a stand-up comedian, um, 
I work with a bunch of other comedians uh, in the Knoxville area, but I don't feel like uh, I'm part of their community. Uh, and maybe some of that is my own insecurities. Um, and uh, I work with a lot of musicians because I play music, uh, but I don't feel like I belong to that community. Um, honestly, uh, I've never really felt like I belonged to any one community, uh, which is an interesting thing for me uh, because uh, in a lot in a lot of ways, um, I want a community of people that uh, I feel like I can be close with and in touch with that I chose rather than were being thrust upon me. Um, and uh, I want to feel that level of acceptance. And uh, I think in a lot of ways, I've never experienced that. Uh, and so I think what I'd really be interested in is, uh, do you feel like you guys fell into your communities that um, uh, allowed you to have some peace of mind of like, I do have people around, whether it's like from a mental health standpoint or from a, uh, I'm a gamer and these are my people or um, so on and so forth. Um, yeah. Me personally, I um it, it's kind of a faith thing like things work out the way that they're supposed to um a very good example of, of that is i started an environmental lab and they had me work in the uh receiving department which is essentially unpacking coolers and the very first person that i met on the job is um someone that you know four years later today is one of my best friends in the whole world like he is uh, we share interest he understands me um it, it is something where it was a connection that i needed and it, it happened um and i mean say that what you will like uh, psychosomatic whatever uh at the end of the day it did work just work out um where i was very fortunate in that when i need people when I need people that are other than, you know, family, very close people that I interact with every day, um, a lot of times they tend to turn up. Um, and, and that, again, might just be because I am, when I need those people, I begin opening up more, um, being more social than I normally would be. But uh, it, it's certainly something that happens and, and definitely did happen in that case where, you know, new job, new career whatever um feeling very alone already very stressed about other things life things um just kind of happening to work out and then that's something that's happened uh, quite a bit um where you know at the end of the day uh i, I guess like it, it is about just accepting that things will work out the way that they will and uh working yourself to to take the best advantage of those things that you can um i guess if that makes sense yeah absolutely uh now correct me if i'm wrong nick i, I apologize i'm not trying to cut you off at all i do want to hear what you have to say um but correct me if i'm wrong chris and and you can correct me as well lucas uh i think going with the flow is something that is not just hard for me but hard for um uh, most people in my direct family, um, we are used to having control of our situations and controlling the situation 
very clinically, very uh, being, um, we're, we're tightly wound um, and uh, we want to control every aspect of everything that's going on all the time. Uh, and so I think in a lot of ways, um, I, I definitely say I envy the fact that you're, you're open and you're, you're willing to just like, yeah, things are going to work out the way they work out. Because I think a lot of me is a lot of my issue does boil down to me trying to force things because uh, I want a community so bad. I want people to accept me so badly. Um, but I just always feel like I'm sticking out like a sore thumb. That that's absolutely fair. Um, you know, I'm I'm from a kind of I mean, obviously, where I'm from a different situation. Um, I where I was mostly by myself. I didn't have uh, a kind of sibling, any sibling relationship, or or um, you know, my my dad uh, was a pretty it is still a pretty severe alcoholic. Uh, my mom is very similar similar to me where. Um, intense anxiety about everything um so it it was very much a different case growing up um and i think for me personally it was a realization of you know my early 20s was like i don't want that i don't want to have to impose control over every facet of my life to to make myself feel comfortable um because like that's exhausting um f for me at least i mean again uh, you know anytime that i am having to manipulate a, uh, a situation to make myself feel com comfortable is a situation where maybe i shouldn't be in, in the first place or maybe i should have entered from a different perspective uh, a more accepting perspective or something like that because it's um you know, not, I don't know, not, not something that I should have been in control of, um, which is, you know, different perspectives again, because I, I, uh, I definitely felt that for a while trying to feel in control of, uh, or trying to control every variable of different social situations. But, um, at the end of the day, you, you can't, um, no matter how much you want to, um, so it's kind of just accepting that I can't do everything. I can't uh, feel comfortable in every situation uh, by default. So focusing on the things that I can control to make myself comfortable in those situations or remove myself if, if I'm not comfortable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's something that I've, I've actually been working on over the course of the last year is just learning to be <clears throat> okay with not being in control of every situation. Um, because uh, very much so I have a mindset of like, if this is what I want, I go out and get it. When in reality, um, if it's what you want in some ways, you have to let it come to you. Um, but you can't force everything. For sure. Well, I mean, I, I can agree and disagree on you know, on different aspects and stuff like that. I mean, I see both perspectives or whatnot. But, uh, you know, Chris, uh, you kind of mentioned something that, you know, is very imminent in this whole, you know, conversation. And that's, you know, 
you know, growing uh, the way that you grew up. You know, uh, you can relate a lot of the things, the way you do things today and the way that you were raised or your household, uh, you know, growing up. Um, uh, there is, you know, a lot to be said about that. And maybe that could be, a, you know, another conversation for another time because that's a deep hole to go down. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, in regards to anxiety and feeling in control, yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, there's different two, two two different ways of looking at it. You know, you can you can go for what you want, make a plan, get there and get it. But the problem about that becomes is that if anything uh, you know goes outside that plan and you have high anxiety and you're trying to stay in control, then that's what's going to set you up to spiral backwards. Um, and, and so again, you're kind of your own worst enemy in those uh, in that regard. Um, you know, and I've I've done that you know myself and stuff like that. To where I feel like I've made a plan, everything should go exactly how it is. But one little, you know, uh, thing that's out of my plan, the way that I want it to happen, and um, you know, it kind of sets me off. And that's 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 one of those things that you know I've been continuing to try to work on myself about in regards to the control factor, or you know, you can't be in control of everything. Uh, you know, I like to be uh, controlling the situation, and that's where the high anxiety comes in, though, because anxiety is a fight or flight response. I mean, that's what it is. Everything I analyze, I analyze as either a threat or it's safe. And there is no in-between. When a lot of times, there's a lot of in-between, but I take everything, you know, as like, okay, I try to look at it two steps ahead of the time. All right, here's my avenues. Here's what I've got. But you just can't do that in life because as Chris mentioned, I mean, it's exhausting. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm case in point. I mean, I, I'm exhausted every day of my life. I overanalyze everything. As Gibson mentioned, you know, I was like, we're, we're cut from the same tree. You know, it's like you go through life analyzing everything to make sure that you're not, you know, uh, you're, you're in a safe spot. You're going the safe path. And sometimes, I mean, I'm very risk adverse, uh, you know, in regards to the decisions I make on a daily basis and how I, you know, go about those decisions and, and what those repercussions for those decisions might be, whether or not they could work out that way or not. I'm, I'm making my plan and I'm trying to stick to it. Uh, but that is being over anxious about many things. And uh, sometimes that's a, you know, that could be a detriment, uh, you know, to your health mentally and physically too. So. Yeah, that's, um, that's actually like, that's part of my OCD, um, which I hate, I hate the D in OCD because I don't feel like obsessive compulsive is a disorder. Uh, I just feel like it's part of who I am and uh, it's part of my mental state and uh, I feel like the word disorder gives it a, a negative a negative uh, connotation um, because uh, I need, unless I know that my morning is going to be different the night before I go to sleep, I need my morning to play out exactly the same way almost every day um, because it just sets me up for success um, throughout the rest of the day. Uh, I need a schedule that is very click, 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 click. But is that success determined by you? That's the thing. And, and that's that's the control aspect of thing because you're saying I need it to go every way so that my morning set up for success. It's like, and what is that success like, you know, uh, determined by? I mean, is that determined by you? You've set that bar. So now whenever it's not going to go out of the bar, what if you were to let that bar go? What if you were to reset that bar? That's the big question, you know, it's just like, can you reset that bar to where you're not so anxious if something just goes out of turn, you know, where it's not, you know, the same thing every day. It's not a, 
uh, you know, to be proverbial creature of habit, um, where it's like, hey, I have to do this. I have to eat at the same place every morning, or I have to wake up, drink my coffee. Anything out of order is going to set off the day per se, but that's only, is that something that's just mentally in your mind, or is that something that's physically an attribute, you know? I mean, uh, I I think in a lot of ways for myself, it's, um, and it's definitely a, a mental choice, uh, for myself, but also, um, the routine of things, um, uh, because I do want to be able to control schedule and I want to be able to control like where I'm going and when I'm going places, uh, right now, um, the routine of things makes things a lot more comfortable, uh, and although I do need to be uncomfortable in my daily life in order to grow, um, I think with a lot of the other things that I'm dealing with right now and uh, a lot of the other growth that I'm trying to work through, that um, right now me having like a, this is the way my morning plays out, um, plays into my favor because it at least gives me uh, like three or four hours that I absolutely know this is what's going to happen. This is the way it's going to happen. Uh, and it's, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a comfort zone. Um, because I can't control everything after those three, I can't control everything after those three or four hours. So at least I got three or four hours in the morning that like were in control and, um, played out this certain way so that I felt like I could set myself up for success. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the, you dress, you dress nice, you feel nice thing. It's, it's tricking your brain. Uh, and I think that turns into muscle memory. And me and you talked about muscle memory not too long ago and like how multitasking really isn't multitasking. Mm -hmm. It's more so your body learning muscle memories in order to be able to function and do multiple things. Um, even though you're not necessarily doing multiple things, you're only doing one thing at a time, mm -hmm. but because of muscle memory, you, you can, it, it seems like you are able to do more than one thing at a time. Well, I, I think you hit on another, you know, word in there and that was, uh, you know, comfort, comfortable, being in a place that's comfortable and not being uncomfortable, but with, uh, with being in a place that's uncomfortable comes growth. I mean, that's what it is. That's how you continue to grow and stuff. And that's something that, you know, being self-aware and going down this path and everything like that and understanding that like, Hey, you know, depending on what you're striving for in your daily life, your daily success, your life success, or whatever you want to call it, you know, trying to find that place that stretches you, that that challenges you, if you will, um, you know, to get outside of your quote unquote comfort zone. Uh, those are the type of things that like, you know, again, on a daily basis, uh, you know, when you feel those places of uncomfort, it's that, again, that anxiety triggers is like, okay, do I flee away from this or do I go against the grain and I fight this, you know what I mean? And uh, that's where trying to, that's where trying to get into that uh, realm of a headspace, you know, and fighting against that is very pertinent in this situation. I got a, I got a question, you know, and, and I had a lot of thoughts that I wanted to share, but like, as I've listened to you guys, I, I've, I've heard like the reoccurring theme is this idea of control and letting go of control and taking control. And, First, can you hear me okay, Gibson? You, you're okay. We're leaning in right now to make sure we can hear you. <laughs> All right, I'll talk louder. So, I guess, I guess this, you know, you know, you talk about control, and you talk about comfort and needing comfort from that control, um, but also, 
that when you're uncomfortable is when you grow. I, I guess my question back to you guys is like, how do you, how do you govern when to hold on to control and when to let go of it? Because it sounds like the difference between perhaps you or me or Gibson is the ability to cope with the lack of control or to embrace it. And that's different depending on the individual. And it's, so it's like the question for me becomes like, what advice, what counsel do you give, um, generally speaking, that will help someone who is entirely different from you? Because I've gotten many types of advice over the course of my life, but they're often applicable depending on my similarities to the person who's giving that advice, if that makes sense. I, I agree with that. Um, I uh, Mostly because I come from a pretty opposite direction from uh, Gibson and Lucas um, in that growing up, I had to be very reactionary um, based off of what came up uh there there was no control um when when things happened when my dad came home or you know when uh, different events happened in life like i had no control i had no control over my life until i was uh, out of the house uh and, and, and into like a college like 60 miles away from my home um other than very minor decisions that you know, didn't really account to anything. Um, so in, in, that, in that case, I'm coming from a very different perspective of, you know, I, I, uh, I always joke that I feed off of chaos, uh, but, um, and that's why I'm so good at like, you know, jobs and stuff like that is, is that you can kind of react. Um, but at the end of the day, it is just that it, it is reacting um, rather than being proactive on anything where, you know, reacting, be, the, the ability to react is an important skill to learn something, something good, but uh, being able to maybe not necessarily control the situation uh, because, you know, all of us want to have control, but maybe, maybe less about controlling a situation, more understanding the different variables um, of something. So going in, going, okay, this is what I feel. Um, and, you know, this person, this person, and this person, I think this is what they are feeling, but, you know, they, they could be feeling anything else. So, like, um, again, this is just me, but it, it, it is understanding, like, okay, I understand how I think this is going to go, but um, as I go in, it could go any other way uh, in, in, in any infinite possibilities. So I have to be able to react to that in a healthy way and understand where my friends slash colleagues slash whatever are coming from um and be able to cope with that uh pretty pretty quickly in a way that is going to be healthy not 
damage me in the long term, not damage our relationship in the long term, um, and in a way that I can understand them. Um, if if that makes sense, I'm I'm not sure that I'm fully encapsulating what you were saying, Nick. But uh... well, it doesn't help that Gibson is the most complicated subject we could possibly have to talk about. Um, but no, you're <laughs> Chris. You're doing a great job. It's just it's a complicated topic, and it's different for every person about what they need to successfully cope to reach what their goal is and and our goals are also different right you know what lucas's goal what my goal and gibson chris what your goals are they're all different and and those things are defined by different things and some of them we can quantify and some of them we can't um and it's like how do you reconcile that when it comes to discussion when it comes to trying to get help to navigate your own path and you know what i've realized more and more of is we don't have the answers to that. You know, we're doing the best we can. And when I say we, I, I'm even talking about the counselors who help us, the doctors who help us, and, and the, um, the mentors that help us. And ultimately, you know, I think the lesson for me has been that, you know, you're the only person who is going to set yourself free from whatever trap you've put yourself in or whatever trap you feel you're in. And it's like, how do I do that when I'm also the enemy that's keeping me there? And, you know, that, that for me has been the thing to think about. Um, and then ideas and truths like, like God and honesty and values and principles have helped me um, achieve those things in a way that has liberated me. And I think, but I think at the same time, that's something that every individual has to discover on their own. And I think that's a tragic truth that, like, what worked for me isn't going to work for all you guys. You know, but what what is the common thing? What's the main thing that you can do to help yourself? And you know, and I think that's that's what we're all trying to get to. And I'm I'm hesitant to say what I think that is, but I would say that that's the goal. You know, what's the main thing you could focus on that's going to get you to a better place in your own life and in the lives of others, and get you closer to what you want to be rather than the individual you feel you are and i know many times guys i felt like i'm just this individual lugging my baggage around you know weighing me down from being the friend i want to be the father i want to be the husband i want to be and i'm just like i'm over it you know and and like how do i get past that and how do i just get to be as often as possible how do i get to be the good version of myself that lucas you talked about so often and i think if someone can figure that out if someone can identify what that pinpoint is to start with, you know, you'll be on your way. But, you know, that's just, that's just my two cents, you know. Hopefully that makes some level of sense. Yeah, I think that that boils down to loving yourself in general, um, being able to take care of yourself. Um, <clears throat> Lucas? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're all – we all have the same goal in life, you know what I mean? I mean, in regards to, you know, uh, trying to be a better you and stuff like that, I, I believe that that is like an end goal, I mean, regardless, because again, like, I don't think that if you can't, if you cannot continue to better yourself, I mean, how are you going to continue to uh, help others or whatever your, you know, end all goal is? Uh, you know, one thing that um, a friend of mine told me about a book and everything. And, uh, you know, I would implore each of us to kind of, you know, get this and work through it and everything like that. It's a book called Homecoming. Um, 
And uh, that book, basically, from what he's telling me, is, you know, basically going back to your childhood and kind of relinquishing some of those, you know, issues from then and, you know, what you grew up with and stuff like that. Because ultimately, you know, you talk about what is that end all goal? How do you, how do you, you know, get to that place in your mind and stuff? And, you know, life, life just gets in the way in general. You know what I mean? It's not that it gets in the way. It's just, it's one of those things that, you know, as you're growing up, I think we lost him. Uh, uh, as we're, as we're growing up and stuff like that, you know, you don't ever think about what it's going to be like to be an adult and all the different things that, uh, you know, you're going to, um, you know, face as an adult. You don't know, you don't have that control. Uh, and again, it's more about reactionary. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's about, you know, guiding yourself through that thing called life. And we're all here trying to do the same thing. It's just, we're taking different paths to do it. Um, you know, but, uh, I think that going back and kind of, uh, again, understanding and being aware of where those things come from, um, and, uh, can help you navigate it in your everyday life now. And I think that that's what one of those, uh, you know, that book that I was talking about, I think that that's what, uh, you know, that helps you do. It helps you kind of identify those things, helps you analyze those things and being in the moment per se. Um, you know, like what Chris is talking about, I mean. He's not, you know, he comes from a different perspective in regards to control because he knows that he can't control a situation, but he analyzes everything. And that's what each of us are doing every time. It's like, again, we're analyzing the situation. We're analyzing how we're going to react. Uh, we're analyzing, you know, what direction we're going to go in, um, you know, from a day to day basis and stuff like that. And I think that that's, a, you know, again, it's all about analyzing this thing called life and trying to figure out the path that we're going in and what works for each person, as Nick kind of mentioned too. It doesn't, what works for me doesn't work for Gibson, doesn't work for Nick, doesn't work for Chris maybe, but in the end all game, I mean, you know, we're all going on the same path. I feel like you're, you're right, but it, at the end of the day, it is just what is, what, you know, what is your drive? Um, like it, it is going to be individual to every single person uh, and, and different to every single person, but it kind of boils down to what is going to make you happy at the end of the day. Uh, you know, what, what's not going to keep you up at night? Like, you know, what, what, when you lay down in bed, are you saying, yes, I'm content with this with what happened, like with what happened today, with my reactions today, with uh, my progress towards whatever overarching goals. So, I mean, I think it is just a general sense of, you know, knowing what in a very, very vague, wide sense makes you happy um, and kind of working towards that or being able to adjust to to fit into whatever that may be depending on your situation um, at the end of the day i think i think you know i got a, i got a million different thoughts on on the words you guys have used to describe your opinions you know but i think ultimately you know for me the the thing that resonates with me the most is is really the opinion um in this instance you know, Gibson, when you talked about loving yourself, I mean, everything you guys have described, it all meets principles that I know and I reference as principles of love, of identifying traits that you appreciate about yourself that you want to expand upon that are all righteous and good 
and valuable and beneficial to others and beneficial to yourself and your families and and even the projects you do and you know so for me i think like 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 how do we you know as as intelligent and as intellectual as the opinions that you guys have shared i i try to think of it in terms and maybe this is because this is because i'm a father right I'm trying to think of it in terms of like how can i teach my kids this stuff right because we want them to have a better chance of fighting this thing that we fought than we had um and we had a pretty good shot because our parents thought the same thing hopefully you know so so it comes down to like okay what do i teach them you know and and with a trend i'm hearing and i could be way off and you know my principles are based off of something that may not be what your principles are based off of but what i hear is you know find a, get to the point to where you can love who you are whether that's by accepting who you are or by or, or whether it's by pushing into things that you know you'll value more and you'll get to a point where you'll go okay now i'm a person i can love and and that's what i'm hearing from you guys and i think that like all three of you agree with that like based off of the things you've said you know so for me whether or not that's what you said that's the takeaway to go like okay become that person you want to be become that person you can live with forever and teach that to the people you love who are going to come next and the people that you want to prosper in your life and and you'll be okay um it's just crazy to me guys how hard that is even though it's a truth you could teach to a kid you know and if you disagree i'd love to hear it because um you know i want to get to that point where i am giving the best possible advice to my friends and family and kids um and i think we all want that you know for whoever our loved ones are um but for me yeah you know to, to come full circle it's about loving yourself in such a way where you can apply that love to other people and that is just i don't know why it's so hard but it is so my next question would be um like where we talk about love so much and uh what love is uh like what does love look like uh to you because uh, i know from my perspective and we i mean we've already talked about it tonight at our thanksgiving uh in a lot of ways um like uh one of the big love languages for just like my direct family in general is we we seek words of affirmation because uh our mother was 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 so in on giving us words of affirmation like she was so good about just being like you guys are capable you are wonderful uh, and i love you guys uh and so now um in my daily relationships, in my, um, in every, in every facet of where I go, um, I feel like a large portion of what I need to be successful is, as I'm looking for words of affirmation. Uh, and sometimes I can't give myself the words of affirmation that I need. Um, but, uh, what, what does love look like to you and, and Nick, you've hinted at it a couple of times and, uh, I want you to feel free to express whatever, opinions you have but like um does that boil down to like um a uh you're, you're part of a a religious group does that boil down to um having um a sense of faith within a higher power or 
um, does that boil down to you being your own higher power and uh, loving yourself in, in, in a lot of ways? Yeah. So, you know, as you were saying, when you said the word religion, I almost spat out my drink, you know, because it still to me is a, such a dirty word just based off my own personal experiences. And, and God forgive me for anyone who still <clears throat> identifies as religious. But, you know, all the beliefs I have are, are associated with faith. Um, so when we talk about love, when we talk about what that is. It does, it's not fueled by being a part of a doctrine for me. It's not fueled by being a part of a specific text or institution or company or anything like that. And, and that's, that's hard for people to get their mind around, perhaps. But when I talk about love, I talk about principles that have made me feel loved in the same way you talk about feeling loved, Gibson and Lucas and Chris. And I talk about principles that have proven to me that when I practice them, they also make others feel loved. And I look at those actions, I look at those things and I go, oh, in spite of my understanding of what these things are, I know that I get a reaction and that I feel good when I practice them. And that's all it is to me. It's not, it's not a matter of going, oh, I'm following the text, I'm following the rules, I'm following the, the, the religion. It's none of that for me. It's all watching the evidence that unfolds when I practice them, you know. So, so Gibson, you know, for me, you know, I, I've, I've had to Google this, man. I mean, to be quite honest with you, I've had to go, what is love? And, you know, and, and, and the first thing, you know, it's funny that comes up is typically the, the, the definition of love in the Bible. And um, in spite of my resentment for that book in many ways and the people who tend to follow it, you know, it tends to be love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, it does not boast, it gives words of affirmation, it accepts words of like it just gets into all the things you just described that have made you feel loved as a young man and as a gentleman that you've grown up to be. And to me, I can't dispute those truths. And they have impacted me on such a deep personal emotional level as things that are valuable that I have I have to accept they hold some kind of power that is beyond my understanding and if I apply it to myself if I apply it to you we're going to get to where we need to be from a relationship standpoint and not only that we're going to get to where we need to be from a success standpoint and, well, you know that's, that's, that's my answer, answer. Well, Nick, um, I, I know that I know that when I first started this whole um, really looking at my mental health, um, uh, at one point you reached out to me, and then a couple weeks later um, I reached back out and I was like, "Hey, thank you for being um, uh, a positive, a positive like spot for myself." And uh, you, one of the first things you responded back with was like. Um, one of the best things that I've ever done for myself is, um, is like, is, is be grateful to people. Uh, and you were talking about how like continue to practice being like saying thank you for things because, um, it acknowledges that 
um, you see the help that you're getting right there as well as it makes you feel good about yourself to know that like you can be thankful for this. Um, uh, and I think that's, that's one of the coolest things, um, like me and you personally have had a conversation about, um, was just like being able to be, uh, uh is the right word gratuitous, gracious, gracious. gracious. um, yeah, sorry, bad, bad, I'm the dumb one of the group. Um, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, I think it's, it's fitting that you make that point on Thanksgiving and I choose to believe that that's providence and serendipity versus just coincidence. Um, but I would agree with you. I mean, I, I agree completely um, in terms of, of providence. Um, I this may be outside of the scope, but I do I do have a lot of faith. Uh, you know, I do identify as a, as Christian um, to an extent in a weird way. Um, in in terms of I, you know, I don't I don't go to church. Um, because I, I view it as interpretation of a fundamentally flawed book that is translated by other people. But um, in that same vein, at the end of the day, it is just in terms of loving yourself, making yourself and other people happy, um, being being a good neighbor, being a good person, uh having basic morality towards your fellow humans. Uh, I, I think that those, you know, are, are really the, the framework of uh, everything that that points towards. Um, and, and that's, that's what's really important at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I mean, just, you know, being able to help people in general, like that, again, at the end of the day, that, that really, helps to feed my uh, capital s capital s self and um really really just feeds into that makes me feel uh consciously stronger about my personality and in the choices that i make um, yeah i can i can attest to that same uh you know standpoint as chris was saying in regards to you know helping others, uh, you know, I mean, that's something that I get a, um, you know, a very good, you know, dopamine hit from is whenever I can help others and everything like that. Very, you know, but again, uh, as I said and stated earlier too, it's like you go so far to, you know, helping everybody else that you forget to help yourself. And I think that uh, at the end of the day, that that's what one, one of the biggest things that I struggle with in regards to, you know, I get the dopamine hit, the high, and everything like that from helping others, doing something for somebody else, being, you know, uh, being helpful in any way that I can. You know, if, hey, you need a shirt, here, you can have mine kind of guy. You know what I mean? Um, I, I like to, you know, the way that we view ourselves uh, can be totally different than the way that we that other people view us, too. And uh, going back to the mindset in regards to, um, you know, how Chris had mentioned earlier and stuff like that, I can, you know, I could sit there and think I know what they're feeling or, or how they, you know, view me or, you know, how everything is going to go. But, uh, but I cannot, you know, I don't know what their thoughts are. So I have to control my own. I can't worry about what everybody else is thinking or what everybody else is doing around me. So, um, you know, I, I can attest to that, but, uh, the, the gracious side of things too is, I mean, that's a huge proponent in regards to, 
you know, being grateful, being thankful, uh, you know, and again, uh, you know, we're on Thanksgiving Day here and we're talking about being thankful, uh, you know, for the people that are around you, your, your, your circle, you know, near and far and everything like that. Uh, the people that listen, the people that, you know, help to uh, uh, be your cheerleader in your corner, uh, you know, uh, whoever's there to help support you, uh, to help guide you, to help, you know, um, through this thing called life. I mean, I think that that's the end goal, um, you know, and again, and those are the people too, is that, uh, you know, those are the people that love you. Those are the people, you know, you talk about love, we talk about, you know, thankfulness, we talk about that stuff, the people that are there, the people that are talking to you. Um, you know, and it doesn't have to be all the time. It could just be, you know, randomly, you know, you strike up a conversation and if you take something away from that conversation, that's love. That's what that is. That conversation is, you know, that those, those tight knit people around you. So, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I think, uh, to, to a degree, um, we've, we've kind of covered everything that I kind of wanted to get after today, which was just kind of, um, uh, I, the the goal of, which was which was the end all goal of the podcast in general was like I, I want people to feel like hey um, there are people around you going through the same thing and I think that we've covered that really well that that we're all dealing with with it and uh, we all have our own ways of dealing with it and um, we're all seeking the same things uh, and the funny thing is that the next episode is going to be super similar. Uh, and the fact that it's just going to be a group of people sitting around talking about how we're all seeking the same things and how we're um, trying to get there and find those places. Um, uh, unless anyone else has anything <coughs> to say or to, to chime in on, um, I, I'll be honest, I, I'm really gracious for you guys to to come and sit down with me and talk about um, your own mental health issues uh, and be able to be open about it and be able to talk about uh, how you deal with it and how we deal with it and how we're all looking once again for all the, all the same core principles of like, we want to be loved and we want to love ourselves and um, we're dealing with, um, anxiety on a daily basis of not just a, a social aspect, but an aspect in general. I hope that, that this episode could um, allow people to be like, hey, I need to reach out to my own family and uh, the, the closest people around me and see if they're dealing with the same stuff I am because it was an eye-opener for me to be able to look at my own family and say, hey, they're all dealing with the same stuff that I'm dealing with uh, and it made it comforting for me in the beginning of this walk of really learning how to handle uh, my mental health. Nick? Yeah, oh, no, man, that's some heavy stuff. I think you've, I think you've done a phenomenal job of moderating. I think uh, you've obviously done your research on you know how to conduct a conversation like this. I'm very impressed, so I hope, I hope you can take that sincerely. Um, I'm impressed with the other guests. I mean, these are, these are incredibly smart people um, who have thought a lot about their own struggles and what they've gone through. And I'm really thankful that they've been really open and, and caring with what they've shared. And I think I've done it with the best intentions. You know, I guess the thing I'd want to leave everybody with is that, you know, this is going to sound really cliche, but, you know, you're loved, guys. 
you know, in, in spite of where you're at, in spite of the flaws you have, in spite of the road you have left to go to get to be better men and better husbands and fathers and friends and brothers and cousins and whatever you are, you know, you guys are, are loved. And I hope you can hold on to that, guys, because that's that has saved me from the darkest parts of my life. And I can't hear, help but hear the emotion in your voice when we talk about these things and say, you know, how do I, how do I get to the other side of this? How do I continue um, in spite of how, how heavy it is? And um, the truth is you're loved, you know. And if, and if you don't believe in God, if you don't believe in any type of faith, you know, you're at least loved by me. And you're loved by your brothers here who are on the phone. And um, I believe that. And uh, I hope you can accept it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I appreciate you guys joining me today and uh, the fact that we could talk about this in such a, uh, a conversational way. And um, I, I appreciate uh, you complimenting me. I, I just, I, this was a goal to build a community so that people could see that the people around them are dealing with the same stuff. Um, I hope that this episode helps um, everybody else out. Um, the December episode will come out shortly. And uh, I do encourage you guys to check out uh, the book Homecoming. Um, I think I'm going to start working my way through it. Uh, and maybe at a later date, the four of us will get back together and record another one. And we can talk about new things that we've discovered and new ways that we are, are dealing with things. Um, if anybody else um, doesn't have anything else to say, I think I'm going to call that a wrap and uh, thank you guys so much. Um, talk to your children about um, the the struggles that you go through. Don't lie to them. Uh, me, I'm now 27, but me being a 20, you know, 23, 24 year old man, and going, oh yeah, uh, like mentioning to my family that I'm starting to take antidepressants, and my dad saying, oh yeah, I've been on those since I was like you know, 15 and he's a you know 60 year old man. Uh, and that being the first that I've ever heard of it is, uh, it, it, it was pretty staggering. Um, so be honest with your children. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that's, I think honesty in general is important when it comes to, uh, dealing with this stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, please talk to people. Also, I want to, I want to put this, uh, out there. Because I said something about it last time. Uh, I deal with suicidal thoughts on a daily basis. Suicide is never an option. Um, please, if you are having suicidal thoughts, please seek help. Um, reach out to the people around you. Um, if you don't want to go to talk therapy, there are all kinds of resources for you to be able to reach out and have a conversation with somebody. Uh, please. Uh, that's that's a that's a an absolute no resort, please. Um, if you are dealing with suicidal thoughts, uh, the way that I do on a daily basis, please feel free to reach out to somebody. Um, anyways, uh, thank you guys so much. And, uh, I will see you guys next month or maybe sooner. We'll see what happens.